Sarah Siavi Wright is an artist who grew up in Nixon. One of the best pieces of career advice she ever got was about rejection, something that all artists face. The advice was, go ahead and expect that rejection. Don't let it get to you. And just keep trying. Keep applying. Keep working on getting your name and your work out there. Lena studied art at Stanford, and now she's a grad student at the San Francisco Art Institute. For Art Town, she's been leading a community mural project at Lazy Five Regional Park in Sparks. Friends, family members, and strangers have been showing up on the weekends to help design and paint a picture that shows Nevada native animals and the Truckee River. Here's Prince Nesta and Lena Siabi Wright. Hey guys, I'm Prince Nesta and welcome to the Double Scoop Podcast. It's actually going to be our third episode. Ooh. And I totally love this. You know why? Because we've got a young artist in studio. She's a hope for this generation. She's highly talented and a source of inspiration. And she's going to tell us a little bit about herself. First of all, it's really a pleasure to host you in studio and welcome. Um, it's good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, so please tell us your name and tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Lena Wright, Lena Tsiabi Wright. I'm currently studying at the San Francisco Art Institute and pursuing my MFA in art. My previous experience in art would be my undergrad at Stanford University. You went to Stanford? <laughs> yes, I did. You're a genius. <laughs> uh, you would think that. <laughs> yeah. Wow, what, um, what did you study at Stanford? I got my bachelor's in art practice, a minor in education, and honors in interdisciplinary art. Would you say probably Stanford really helped you as far as your career is concerned? That's a hard question because, like, I feel like I did get a decent amount of experience, but it was more like the people that I met there that was really appreciative. Like, the communities there were really um, large but also very inclusive. So I was part of the Native American community there, and I was there for pretty much all four years just staying there and, like, meeting people and just being surrounded by people who are from similar backgrounds but like not quite similar experiences so that was really like nice being able to hear that yeah Uh, especially as an artist who's like trying to represent certain people and especially within my minority groups yeah being able to accurately portray that was really important for me awesome stuff and so what are you studying at the san francisco institute Art Institute, yeah. Yeah. I'm studying fine art, and it's mostly because I want to be able to become a professor because I did work at high school levels of teaching. And the only way you can go higher than that is if you get a higher degree. So I ended up coming back to school to get my master's in order to do that. I want to take you a little bit way back, back in the time. Were you born here in Reno? I'm pretty sure I was born in Reno. Uh, <laughs> I live out in Nixon, but yeah. there's no hospitals out there. There's yeah. like a little clinic, but for the most part, I was, I'm kind of like from the Reno area. We mostly yeah. like 
spent a lot of time in Reno because for the most part, there were only stores here in Reno when I was growing up. So we'd very yeah. much be going back and forth. And Nixon is such a beautiful place. It's just next to oh, Pyramid yes. Lake. I was swimming there the other day thanks to my CEO, Chris Wagner. She actually took us there and we were swimming. Such a beautiful lake, such a beautiful view, beautiful town. My oh, goodness, yeah. you grew up in such a great place. Oh, yeah. It's, it's definitely grown in some senses and even the lake itself has gotten smaller and bigger over the years and yeah. it's been interesting seeing that happen mm. but for the most part it's been the same it's nice coming back and seeing yeah. how everything kind of just hasn't changed so you are a native american right yes how does it feel to represent your community as far as art is concerned it's kind of hard having to like balance everything out because on one hand like I find that it's very easy to be able to bring about like ideas that I come up with but there's always that part of me that goes but how much of this is okay to actually portray there's actually like a part where when I was doing my honors project which was a mural for my community center I ended up asking a lot of the students for their own inputs and asking what do you think of this like what do you, do you have designs from your tribes and I had a friend who's Tongan and she told me well actually our designs are very much in our families and we don't actually try to publicize them yeah so that was an important part for me in terms of okay so I really need to start asking the questions of like what is important to be able to portray and how much of it is just me like maybe stereotyping or even just like putting my own thoughts on like how people are and being able to like bring myself out of it enough to be able to put people back into the work my so. goodness such yeah. a great explanation. <laughs> you think you're born to do this, so when did you start doing art? I feel like I've always been doing art, and my mom's an artist, and she did her degree in art, and right now she's an art teacher for the high school that I used to go to. Yeah. Um, and even when I was in high school, we didn't have any classes in art because it was such a small school. So I always felt the need to pursue it, even if it wasn't there. Wow. And when I did eventually get into college, I was like, I'm going to take every single class I can yeah. just to see how it fits. And then as soon as I started taking, I think it was drawing and photography, yeah. film photography, I found myself going, OK, this is something I can work with. This is yeah. something I feel I can do. Lena, it's so easy for someone to notice that you do this stuff from your heart and you're totally passionate about it. Here you are giving instructions at one of the Art Town events dubbed Community Mural Creation and Painting. And you're basically guiding participants in creating and painting a mural that tells the story of the Native American community. I'm gonna probably start mixing the background color and then once we get that, we can start like really just using the rollers and everyone has to like really start painting that. Go for it, okay. Yeah, because we probably won't, we'll have to definitely put another coat on, Yeah, but 
as long as you get like one down, it should be fine. My goodness, Yabi, you are you are a legend. I mean, and you're still young. You know, you're doing such great stuff. And sure. um, I may not be the only one feeling inspired because my CEO Chris Wagner also recorded an interview with one of the people attending your event, and they had wholesome praise, and it really seemed like they were really enjoying themselves. Here is the interview. My name is Howard. How did you come to be involved in this project? Um, so beautiful art town. I love just all the different assorted variety of events that happen all over. And so my friend Steven and I um, were just hanging out this morning and I looked it up and it was down the street um, and it was to support, support also the local um, native community and tribe. And so we came out here and saw the painting and it's absolutely amazing. So. And so you're, are you going to pick up a brush and and work on it today? Yep, uh-huh, yeah, so we've already done some blending. Um, I've been taking some breaks because it's pretty toasty, but it didn't look like this for sure um, when we first got here. It was outlined a little bit, but um, we've definitely added some color and it's, it looks phenomenal already. Have you learned anything so far in your short career as a mural helper? <laughs> um, how to blend better, I believe, is what I learned. Oh, how do you do it? The, a good way is to do half a paint on one roller and then um, the other color paint that you want to blend with um, on the other side of the roller and then you kind of just stir enough so that it blends essentially like what your fingers would do to like a charcoal but, pencil. Yeah, yeah but you do it with the roller. That's but a good tip. Roller, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. There are some people listening to you right now, and they would like to know what your art is about. Uh, so for right now, a lot of my art has been focusing on portraying indigenous women. Uh, so I've been doing a lot of portrait work. So I think I've done maybe five so far of maybe like this big art pieces, maybe like two feet by yeah. two feet and then a larger piece that was five feet by four feet, for the most part, as far as like work in that yeah. in that scope. What um, do you use to create your art? So I use a variety of different mediums because yeah. I find myself, because of my background of having to dip my feet into everything, I, I find myself going to various mediums. So when it comes to drawing, I stay very basic and just like very nice high quality paper and simple pencils, graphite, charcoal. Uh, I definitely play around more with like sculpting with it though because I've been recently using X-Acto knives to like cut out specific patternings, designs, maybe the silhouettes of figures and thinking more of the pieces as three-dimensional rather than Mm -hmm. two-dimensional. And then there's also when I do actual sculpting, which I've been playing around with in 3D printing, um, doing it on that scale and a lot of digital work. Um, and then I've tried to do, I've tried to get back into painting recently, but it's been hard. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's just oil paints are just hard for me right now, but mm-hmm. I used to do really well in them. I have a couple of portraits of yeah. my friends that are really nice, even though they wouldn't say that they're yeah. nice because they're kind of wonky. Yeah. Um, but I liked working in it, but now I can't for some reason, so I've just been kind of doing everything else. <laughs> Incredible stuff, really fascinating. Where do you get all this creativity from? I find myself just having to churn out work, and I think it's because everyone feels the need to, especially like 
at my level, you have to make a masterpiece immediately. Like yeah. whatever you do, it's got to be great. But that's really not what I find works. Like you <laughs> have to kind of just throw everything out and just yeah. accept that not everything's going to be good. Like a sketchbook really is a sketchbook to just throw every idea in, not necessarily make everything nice and pretty. And I find that's what has been helping me, especially this past year in the MFA program of just like trying, failing, trying again, failing, and then finding something that's great. And it's like, I wouldn't have gotten there unless I had tried all these other times. I seem to have misplaced my mind I feel like I've been drinking turpentine Slowly grabbing for someone Would you consider yourself a perfectionist? No. (laughs) I will gladly take something and say, you know what, here you go. Yeah. It may not be finished, but here. Yeah. And I know you've touched on this a little bit, but um, I would like you to expound further. In your website, you say that you contrast your traditional cultural roots and the present day moment to reveal the unison of both and to decolonize through better understanding. Please expound. So I find that I find that I'm doing that a little bit literally because I'm dabbling a lot in digital mediums a lot and I find that that's a very good bridge in terms of like a lot of traditional ideas and mediums so for example a series I'm doing right now is metal baskets yeah because uh, my tribe the Yorok tribe they are very well known for their baskets um, mm. it's the northern California tribes are very known for that yeah. and what I'm doing is that I am replicating them in digital programs so blend blender or I can't remember the other one right now but there are a couple of them out there that you can make them on a digital format and then print them yeah and replicate them in that sense so you're not necessarily making them in the traditional sense yeah but you are making them in like some other medium but i'm also thinking in terms of if i am making them in this medium i have to make them differently what's something i can't do traditionally with this so with the baskets for example i'm making some that are extremely small and some that are extremely big and i'm also doing similar things to my drawings where i'm cutting parts out which you wouldn't be able to do with basketry and having it a very much free-form standing piece yeah nice so, I, I was looking at one of your art and i was like is that bob dwyer it was bob bar dwyer yes yeah just for the people who don't know just explain to them you know what we are talking about exactly oh with that one um so actually it's a funny story because my professor ended up inviting me into one of her shows and yeah. she said i would like you to collaborate in this show with me Mm. if you have any pieces that you think would work or if you want to make something for it this is the theme of it and so you can kind of have some ideas for the next few months and so I looked at her little card it said things about tools traps and implements and then immediately on the front was of a duck decoy like from you know traditional hunting and stuff and immediately I was like you know what they make those in my dad's tribe which is the Paiute tribe they make traditional duck decoys out of tule reeds and so I was like I need to make that but I need to do something else with it. So I dug around and was like, I'm gonna make them out of copper tubing because that's similar to a reed. And then my dad saw me working with that and was like, well, 
you know, we have some barbed wire <laughs> in the backyard if you'd like to work with that. I'm sure you could do something with it. And I was yeah. like, you know what? Why not? Like, I've cranked out two. Might as well crank out another one. Give me yeah. that barbed wire. So <laughs> it's kind you, of a spur of the moment. You can literally turn anything into gold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And this is what I love about art, you know. I mean, it involves a lot of creativity. And all of a sudden, out of nothing, someone has something you know, which is so inspirational. I would like to ask you, you've talked about your professor. I'm sure there are a lot of people who inspire you in your life. Who are some of the probably artists or, you know, people who inspire you that you'd consider as role models? Yeah, so I got to go through the typical, well, my mom is very inspiring for me. She's the one who kind of pushes me and, like, she does it in a very roundabout way of saying I care, but also do do a lot. <laughs> yeah. So it's a little pushy, but I definitely care. I appreciate that. Yeah. My two professors who really helped me in terms of, like, the process of just my senior year, but also, like, in terms of, like, going further with my degree. What's and, their names? Yeah, uh, shout so, them out. <laughs> <laughs> so there's Whitney Lynn, who's currently working at the University of Washington. Yeah. Uh, she actually suggested that I go apply to their school. School, but yeah. it was pretty late by the time she told me to do that because uh, I ended up getting accepted to the SFAI, which is where she actually did her master's. And so I figured, you know, I'm just going to go back to the Bay Area. Yeah. And then there's Kevin Chen, who works for the De Young Museum. And he's the one who kind of told me, well, you got to really just do a lot, apply to all the programs, apply to any grants, any fellowships, any residencies, just apply 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 and he even told us like the harsh truth of well you're gonna get a lot more like denials and rejection letters than you will get acceptance letters but that's part of the process and just hearing that and being able to like kind of be reaffirmed of like okay so this is normal of like applying to 10 things and only getting like two of them so this is very normal and being able to hear that from him especially with how like successful he's become it's like okay so I'm doing I'm doing it right (laughs) but it's not seeming like I'm doing it right but I am I seem to have misplaced my mind I feel like I've been drinking turpentine slowly grabbing for someone what are some of the challenges that you go through especially being a young woman in this industry I find it very hard in terms of like whether or not to voice my concerns, especially because of like where I'm at. The Bay Area definitely kind of prides itself on being a very like inclusive area, but it still has its problems. And I find that a lot of those problems do pop up, especially in my field where it's very, there's a lot of subjectivity that happens for a lot of people like yeah and a lot of interpretations that happen within art and so yeah it's i i find myself hard being able to like get mad enough to actually say hey you actually can't do that or hey like Mm. i think this art is not as good as you guys think it is (laughs) 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 i don't want to step on anyone's toes but at the same time i feel like i do need to point these things out to people (laughs) and my friends even could see the frustration in my face when i'm kind of just sitting there in class like i really should say something but also yeah that, uh. that happens to me alone especially when it comes to like movies and you know series and um, someone's busy telling me how 
good a movie is and then I'm like I didn't see anything in that movie. <laughs> yes. And talking about that what are like your kind of movies? Yeah, I find myself consuming all types of media especially because I'm an artist. I want to like get yeah. inspired by every single type of thing out yeah. there. I think the last movie I watched was Endgame, which of course everyone watched it, and yeah. I think it's because all my coworkers were really hyping it up. So <laughs> like, okay, I have no clue what any of these comics are. I've yeah. seen like yeah. one Marvel movie, but yeah. you know what? I'm going to go see it cuz yeah. why not? It it's probably good, which it was. It was pretty good. Yeah, and I ask you this because I know everyone, you know, has to relax their mind sometime. Oh, yeah. Uh when you're not doing your stuff, what do you do when you're not, you know, are involved with your art activities what do you do during your free time <laughs> so i kind of still do art but not in like a very like serious sense because like yeah. the the subject matter that i end up tackling is yeah. pretty serious and it can get pretty heavy especially when i'm doing the research part of just finding statistics and finding out like okay so this is what's going on it's really hard to like having to like okay i need to pull myself back from it a bit and do something that's just really weird uh i find myself either watching some usually cartoons i find myself doing that mm, or cartoons. even or even just doing cartoons myself and yeah. a lot of comics um for the past few years i've been teaching myself how to work digitally with like a tablet yeah and so for the most part i've have a lot of side yeah. blogs websites that i'm working other things that you know i don't necessarily want to like broadcast but yeah. it's it's things that makes me feel good of just like I'm yeah. going to draw like a little weird cartoonish cat or something and yeah. it just is there awesome like, stuff in terms of like your community the native american community what's the total number probably of like artists in that particular community especially here in Reno Here in Reno it's actually very prominent and I actually mm. really like that um yeah. my uncle um Jack Malott, he's actually has his art over at the Nevada Art Museum. He did a mural there with Ben Alec and they're both very prominent figures as far as art and then there's a couple more in the Great Basin Artist Registry which my mom kind of like pushed me into, but for the most part there's a lot of native artists around even if they wouldn't consider themselves artists. There's yeah. it, art is a very prominent part of the community. If you're just tuning in right now you're on the Double Scoop podcast the best podcast with the East and West and it's all about conversations about arts here in Reno and so right now we actually honored to be joined in studio by a young woman actually she studied in Stanford and she's doing her masters right now at the San Francisco Art Institute and it's really a great pleasure to have you in studio right now I want to ask you do you have any regrets so far Not really. Like I could always say I regret going to school cuz of the loans, but at the same time like you only yeah. really get one chance at doing things yeah. and yeah. it was just hard applying to school in general cuz yeah. again, you get rejection letters and it in that feeling of like, oh, am I really not that good enough of yeah. being able to do this? And then when you do finally get those letters, it's like, okay, do I really want to go for this? And then in that sense it's like, well, the hard part's over. Like <laughs> yeah. you did it, so you might yeah. as well keep going with it. And yeah. So, uh, do you think your art is paying you well enough? Mm, not really. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to sound like negative, but yeah. it's 
I feel like it's definitely way better than it was when I wasn't like mm. in school and when yeah. I was in between my undergrad and my master's. What were some of your lowest moments though? Um, I would say like there's a lot of things that like kind of pop up in terms of like mental things, especially in terms of like having to surround yourself in like very serious topics of art. And there are those moments of, well, like being overwhelmed by like everything. Um, for example, I think it was the first semester of the program. I ended up doing a project that had to do with with my own reflections of the issue in terms of missing and murdered indigenous women, which has been like a very prominent part of like me kind of shaping my art. Um, and I did it in a digital format. So it was a, just a digital print of a picture. And I, you know, I felt good about it. I was like, okay, this is pretty good. It's not in the like paper quality that I would have wanted and you can't really see it very well, but I got to present something. And for the most part, they didn't get it, <laughs> which it was also because of how the class was tailored. It's like, I'm allowed to sit there, but I can't say anything. Everyone else has to say stuff. So it's a yeah. kind of an awkward atmosphere of people trying to give their honest opinions of something, but you're right there. Yeah, I understand. Uh, so it was really weird having to just be like, guys, yeah. it's, it's very obvious what it's about. Yeah. Come on, man. And yes. then having to explain it and then them still kind of being like eh. and like it wasn't even like them going over the subject matters yeah. them more or less just going over the technical stuff of like why did you put your signature on it yeah. or why did you print it out <laughs> why did you do it digitally like why not paint it why not do this and it's, it's quite frustrating sometimes oh man. yeah it was it was extremely frustrating because at that point i wasn't even allowed to say anything so mm. i just had to like internalize it all of like well eh. And it was just like, okay, whatever. I'll just do something with it, I guess. So. Yeah. There are a lot of young artists listening to you right now. What would be your message to them? Um, keep going. Because <laughs> that's actually something my professor, uh, Kevin, told me. Because he gave us a lot of information in terms of the reality of what art is. And he told us, well, at the moment, you're all in this class are graduating and undergrad. You're going to get your degree. You're going to be doing art. But I can guarantee you that 10% of everyone who graduates today with this degree is going to be doing art next year. Like 10% of everyone. And he kind of like said that kind of bleakly, like, oh, like that's a pretty small percent of people who will still be doing art after this, after only a year. And but he twisted it. He was like, well, I actually see it as you guys will be part of that 10 percent still doing art. And it's yeah. like, oh, OK, like I get that, yeah. which I think it's probably me and maybe two or three others in my class who are still yeah. doing art, which oh. is a shame. But wow. it, it's it's typical given how the university yeah. is more on the technical yeah. go work for google I go see. do this for apple <laughs> and it's just yeah understandable but uh. but at least you've got something good going for you what next for you uh 
plan, my sort of five-year plan, it's I'm going to graduate this spring with my MFA, hopefully. And by that point, I want to be able to at least have gotten at least some internships or some like one-year position where I could still work in art or even in a university setting. Because I'm currently working for the university um, under the vice dean, which is a surprisingly hard job to get but it's it's something yeah. in terms of student affairs and if nice. I could work in that capacity too that would that would be really nice so I at least want to be able to start that process of getting into the university and working in terms of that capacity because that's really where I find myself wanting to work and being able to help like other people in terms of whether it's the process of applying the process of going through school mentorship and that kind of stuff because I feel like that was like the one vital thing in terms of my growth of having many many mentors and yeah. being able to just say you can do it <laughs> like just having that that one voice of you could do it just keep going for it yeah. like you got this and it's yeah. like yeah yeah i do <laughs> awesome stuff awesome stuff By the way, for those of you joining us right now, remember Lena and her crew are going to be working on the mural this weekend, July 20th and 21st from 9am to noon. That's going to be at the Lazy Five Regional Park in Sparks, right? They could actually use some volunteers, right? I'm actually thinking that I'm going to be there myself. So come one, come all. If you'd like to help out, join them at the park this Saturday or Sunday from 9 a.m. to noon, all right? Hope you won't be late. <laughs> Lena, I would like to walk in Reno someday or one of these major cities and I would like to see your art in the streets, you yeah, know. so would I. <laughs> <laughs> so that was an inspirational interview and I really enjoyed myself, uh, you know, talking to you and, you know, getting to know everything as far as art is concerned. Oh, yeah. As far as your life is concerned. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> sure, anytime. This has been episode three of the Double Scoop podcast. Our host is Prince Nesta. Our guest is Lena Siabi Wright. Our theme music is from the song Who Am I by Reno musician Greg Gilmore. For more podcasts, check out doublescoop.art, not.com.art. You can follow Double Scoop on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and SoundCloud. I'm Chris Wagner. Thanks for listening. <laughs>